Welcome to the Great Lakes Call Podcast, episode 26, alongside Hunter Pulaski. I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In today's episode, the Ryder Cup is finally here at Whistling Straits. Of course, both Hunter and I have played. We'll give you a look at the gambling board and what opportunities are out there early in the week this week. Also, players that we like to play well and players we think might struggle. Then, let's get a full recap of the Fortinet Championship. An exciting start to the new PGA Tour season as Max Homa comes from behind, shoots 14 under on the weekend and claims his third PGA Tour victory. That's not all. We have lots of local golf to catch up on, including Michigan, Michigan State college teams in action, as well as the GAM Four Ball Championship to cover right here on the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, presented by the Ticket Northern Michigan. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Let's go. Ryder Cup prep feels like it's been going on forever i'm excited for about uh 15 months now (laughs) i'm more excited at this point to talk about the fortinet that was exciting yeah you're as like a max homa homer yeah i feel like you must have been pretty excited how dumb did you feel for not having a that's one thing about the echo chamber that is golf twitter it's like i felt like totally like the odd man out at the end of the tournament because it felt like everybody had a home ticket i mean it sure kind of seems like if he's playing in california it might be worth snagging a ticket on him i know it's only a second win there but uh it does make sense given um where he went to school that he would that he would be able to perform on those greens and a hell of a back nine like really really i mean I, I don't remember him popping in those Poa Anna. Remember we went through those numbers last week? Was he in there? I don't think we you know, I feel like I would have remembered his name. Me too. Um so no, I don't I don't I don't know. But I don't know how much of the of the golf tournament you watched. I caught just uh, I think it was it was going on right during the first the first quarter of Sunday night football. So I watched uh Max play probably sixteen and in and then I don't know if you saw, but Maverick McNeely. I mean, kind of just swallowed his tongue for uh, a hole and made a double from from what I don't know what he did on his tee shot. I, that's exactly when I tuned in. But he had like 180 yards in on a 360 yard hole. Yeah, that was the last. That's funny because the first shot you hit was the first shot that I missed because I watched pretty much the whole thing and then I saw a Mav like block slice and iron off the tee very conservative strategy that did not go very far because it went right into a tree i think (laughs) and then popped down into the fairway that's why he was so far from the green and i that's sad to even say this out loud but i I lost internet at that point so i pretty much knew that max was going to win the golf tournament because i was in, in the you know, closing stages, but I missed the next five shots that it took him to get into the hole. If you wanted to take us through that. Yeah, I can. I'll, I'll take over from here. So he, um, that's, this, this was the first time I'd seen the whole, I, I didn't watch much Fortnite this week and I apologize, but that was the first time I seen the whole, it looked as if the, there was a, um, a tree kind of impeding the, the front left part of the green. The pin was front and left. So Mav tried to hit a, a huge, 
sweeping hook, sweeping hook that that did not hook. He actually left it in a good spot. He left it, uh, I would say, middle middle back right, kind of in some some matted down rough. And the pin was front left. Looked like a false front running away from him if it went past the hole. He decided to go up top with it rather than. I mean, he had he had sixty feet of green to work with probably. I, I'm just not sure if if, if the lie. He didn't feel comfortable with the lie, but he he tried to carry it 40 of the 60 feet, 45 of the 60 feet, ended up rolling off the green down to the gully. Now he's he's 25 feet away, um, chipping back uphill. Uh, How's like, he handling this in the moment? He seems, what was the expression on his face? Expression, expression seemed fine. The, the next shot, I think his big thing is he didn't want to duff it. And have it come right back to his toes because it would have if it, if he didn't get it far enough up there. So he hit it way long. He hit it way long, which is which you might have actually seen this shot. It was right on the pretty much on the exact same line as Max Homa's putt, about half as far that he made on seventeen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maverick left it on the low side to make a double. So he actually was he was three down going into eighteen, and then he makes an eagle on eighteen to get it back to one. So it was kind of it was kind of funny. He had like a four, he had like a fifty foot bomb. It was a it was a really good putt, but so he got he he secured second. I'm pretty sure he was in, already in second, but uh, so kind of that's still that's still a huge finish for Maverick. I was yeah. I was kind of kicking myself because I thought when I saw him climbing up the board, even on Thursday and Friday, I thought, well, this is a good fit for him and a lot for a lot of the same reasons that. Uh, it was a fit for Max, and if you remember, not too long ago, it was just you know a matter of well, what I don't know, a little over a month ago maybe, that these guys were out in Tahoe and Maverick was eighteen to one or whatever, and the betting favorite to win that event. So I was like, oh boy, I thought this was going to be Shank. Now it's going to be McNeely, kind of like a similar player in terms of where they are in their career and needing a breakthrough victory, that kind of thing. Uh, then to have Max come from behind and shoot 14 under on the weekend made me feel even dumber than missing on McNeely. Yeah. I, yeah. you you make a good point. We, we were really good about, we're really good at missing guys. If you notice that 60 to one, who was, I said, Leishman is the value. I just don't know. Like I, Max Homer and it, it's not like I had a bad week. I mean, I was, you asked me, did I watch? I watched every minute because I was sweating top 40s when I woke up. Like, can these guys tee off already? I need to relieve some of my anxiety, most of which I did not hit. But it was fine because I had me toe and it was. Yeah, I saw a lot of those were like, were they all missed by like one shot. When you said, yeah. you texted me like, oh yeah. no, or oh my. It, that's been happening to me a lot lately. Has it? You need, you need to find each ways on top forties. They pay pay maybe one pay pay top fifty. Yeah. <laughs> I what I will what I will say. Thank you, Hunter. That's a terrific idea. I'll write a letter to DraftKings and uh, <laughs> Bet Rivers and right, right, FanDuel right away. Um, what I what I will say is it's I mean I think it's it's very very cool to see Max perform this well. So I, I think it's, it's it's so rare to see a guy that I feel like he made it on twitter and to like have that social media presence before you actually win golf tournaments and then to follow up that social media presence by actually winning golf tournaments and i mean fortnite might not be a 
the biggest of golf tournaments, but the Genesis and the Wells Fargo are big golf tournaments. So he has proven that he can win on on the biggest stage. So I I'm, I commend Max. And winning three, winning three is three is a a big deal. I think to yeah, no, I, I, I could should be to us, and it definitely is to the player. Yeah, and he, one I mean, is a one is a breakthrough. Two is a validation. Three is you're you know now you're like you're a winner. You're a, there's no fluke here, you know, like you're a contender. Uh, not going to see him on any of these California courses at 60 to one, unless he's, unless it is, you know, Riviera or something like that with a super elite field. So congrats to those who not just max, but those who had that ticket. That's a really nice payday. That's a really nice number on a, what was clearly one of the more premium players in the field. And also the the thing that we need to take from this as gamblers is that the this Ryder Cup thing and the perceived snub. It's not like Homa said I, I should have oh, been on the Ryder Cup team, but he said, he talked about how he was like. I mean, this is Billy Horschel at the BMW PGA. The only the only guy who hasn't done it is Kevin Na. Now Max Homa. Who just say who I saw some quotes, not that he was like, I should have been there or whatever, but just that he's been working on his self-belief. And if he he doesn't think that he's that good, then you know, he's not going to ha- be a three-time PGA tour winner. He's not gonna win big tournaments unless he believes in himself. So like I really think that this <laughs> I mean, will I remember this in two years or whatever? I guess maybe it's next year now because the mucked up Ryder Cup schedule, but um wait is it next that year? is a factor. Like the psychology of these players, as we know, is a factor. And that's certainly those who gets onto that team becomes, you know, can become a motivating factor for a select, you know, maybe handful of players in the next few events. That I, didn't work for Kevin now, though. I do believe, uh, stack uh, correction, I do believe that the Ryder Cup is being switched. It's it's just odd, odd, odd years now. September 29th to the 1st of October. No. I'm looking at it right now. No way, dude. Are we sure? I mean, are we... Didn't we go through the Ryder Cup schedule? Here what? we go, getting off course, but we went through the Ryder Cup schedule several episodes ago. I gave you the I gave you the American venues, which for some reason we select and release like two decades ahead of time for like 2032. <laughs> and it was even numbers. The Okay, well let me just read this to you. The biannual event was originally scheduled for the 30th of September through the 2nd of October 2022 before the 43rd matches were postponed in 2021 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So they were there. So now it is what? Yeah. The 29th of September through the 1st of October, 2023 in Italy, in Rome. I'm reading. I'm looking at it. I'm not sure why. <laughs> okay. What about the one after that? I don't know what to type in because I'm typing in. Should I type in 2022 Ryder Cup? I typed in 2023 right. Ryder Cup because it's really because they're doing this weird thing with the names where they're type trying. They're trying to call it 36 Ryder Cup. No, it should be type in 2024 Ryder Cup. Is that like Beth Page or something? I think. Am I right? 
Dead air. Dead air. Uh, you dead are air, you are not correct. Air, nope. We are we are on to odd numbers now. We're doing odd numbers. Okay, 2023. <laughs> future. This is from golfmonthly.com. Future Ryder Cup. I've never heard of As of I, this is as of August 27th. So this is very recent. This is like would it's take my wedding it, anniversary. Congratulations. For, Thank on you. your anniversary last month. It <laughs> looks like 2023 is in Rome. 2025 is at Bethpage. 2027 is in Ireland. They're back in Minnesota. Well, I hate that. I hate all that. That means we just that just means to spend more time thinking about COVID in the future. Yeah. So that's uh, can we agree now? I just uh, the United States is playing under protest until we get back onto an even numbered schedule. That's all I'll say. As does, the, it does seem kind of crazy. Steve, that they would the captain that. of Steve Stricker. That is that is the law that I am. <laughs> sending down from above it seems crazy to, to change the Ryder cup and then they also have to change the president's cup as well on top of that like they don't now they have to now they're affecting both events not just one by just making them just play next year as well we- stupid by the way i see that you've made space here on your outline for today's show to defend betting john rom plus 350 when you could have had your boy Max Homa sixty to one, uh, you must have added that late to the notes because I don't remember. I don't remember putting that in there. I don't think. Maybe I did. Uh, yeah, I woke you said up. You were to, taking shots. I was. Taking I was shots taking. I was weekend. taking. You're still all bristly from that one offhanded message I said <laughs> sent to you on Friday. It's like, how's that ROM ticket feel in your hand or whatever? And you're like, yeah, I, I was. You know thinking... what? I'll start being more critical of all your bad picks too. Then no, no. See, that's that's the tone that you you imagine that I had, and that's what I was hoping you'd say. I was taking shots off my bow all weekend for that ROM pick. He was sick. He was a sick man. We we're just gonna we're gonna pick on the guy. Your text was, what was it? The timing couldn't have been worse. It was the fact that a person, a human being, can become sick is enough. Should be enough to stop you from betting any golfer at plus three fifty in a full field event. Yeah, that may be a, that that may be a fair point right there. What you just said. Um, I really wish. How does it feel to be holding that John Rom ticket? <laughs> I told you that's what I said. <laughs> and I? I said, I wish he wasn't sick. I'll need to start listening when you give your picks so I can come at you, come back at you when they don't hit. Yeah, that's the real shot fired right there. <laughs> well, I couldn't allow you to take it. And then, then I, had, I had Chuck Russell direct quoting me from the podcast last last night on that rom pick when i was when i was uh lobbying for the euros <laughs> yeah pick. good good because you you deserve it whatever yeah. flag you caught you deserved every inch of it i mean I, i'll still, all right I'll still so we got well, we got a lot to cover on the local side are you is there anything else that we need to mention from the fortnet uh the, did you notice the new leaderboard feature on Golf Channel? No, no, I, I no, I really, I watched so little of it. I oh. thought you did a golf podcast. Am I wrong about that? No, no, I, I, I do. I watched. I mean, <laughs> I watched the seventy-first and seventy-second <laughs> no, no. holes when you didn't. 
I watched the most important part of the golf tournament. I watched the winner play. I, I didn't what watch holes? everybody who came in behind him later. Well, you have to you had to watch him finish. I saw Mav shank it. Okay, I knew he wasn't going to win. It wasn't a sh- <laughs> wasn't a wasn't a full ass word. Um, where were we? You got me off course again. You said you said uh, we have a lot to talk about, <laughs> and then. Uh, yeah, uh, t- we have to lot to talk about locally. You got like we got like eight turn tournaments affecting Michigan amateurs and juniors that we got to go through. So, do you have more on the Fortnite or oh, the leaderboard feature? I don't know. Yes, show, yes, no. What 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 is it? <laughs> they show every when they're showing the player any player, they put their score on the leaderboard in like yellow at the bottom. If they're not on the first page, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. say I'm six shots back, but I just hold out. Yeah. They go over to me. The leaderboard is there all the time. And so those the active player then gets like two under. Sebastian Munoz, leader, 14 under or whatever. I can't tell if you like it or dislike it. No, it's good. Oh, it's good? Okay. Cool. I'll... I have that. Very rare. You me any positive saying something feedback. nice about the networks for anyone who missed it. It's a big growing moment right Just now. A little change, but it's a <laughs> it's in the right direction. Now don't wait until next year's Fortnite to start doing other cool stuff. Just keep making it better, please. Yeah. No, uh that would be anything anything to keep Peter from complaining about the broadcast would be great. Or at least under a couple minutes. I don't know. Was, yeah, well, it's really going to cut down the runtime on our podcast. <laughs> I don't know that I have that much else to talk about. That's true. That's very true. So thank you to Mito Pereira in closing for saving my gambling week. As I, most of those top 40s I mentioned that I was sweating out did not hit. Thank you, Grayson, for playing well on the back nine on Sunday. Really didn't play that great this week, and he still finished somewhere in the high twenties, I think. So that was a uh, that was a big deal. And Mito getting third, obviously. Yeah, it was that was his best uh, best career finish. Is that is that correct? Or he was like T fourth at Rocket Mortgage. Something yeah, like that. I don't remember him ever getting a top three before. So he's got a bright future. I'll be on him at the Fortnite next year. Not sure I'll be on him again between now and then. You were on him like you were on him at least four or five times throughout the year, I thought. Mm-mm. Hmm. Ventura. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. Christopher. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Christopher, sometimes Chris. That didn't work out worth a damn. That's right. I'm wrong a lot. I had a Brandon Haggy outright this week i was heavily invested in pat perez on DraftKings. i had some hilarious DraftKings lineups i had a four for six that cashed that was taylor gooch mito homa somebody else that had a really good week why am i blanking on this now i don't know zalatoris rookie those four guys with perez and stewart (laughs) <laughs> or maybe it was Perez and Steele. No, no, no. Steele made the cut. 
I was really kicking. I was this. That's the that's the thing with DraftKings. You're this close, and you're you know this far away. Oh yeah, no that. Uh, At the same time, that's the cost of doing business. Well, we should. I mean, we should probably. We got a lot to talk about. You want to move on? Yeah, I've been trying to move on, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if, if that's what we were trying to do. Just cut me off. Tell me to stop talking. Do you want to talk? You have on your out. I'm trying to follow your outline. Oh, I'm here. You want to talk about all the money that you lose betting you know, on football? Okay, so I do. Have, I do have a story. I want, I'm going to try to make this uh, as quick as possible. I had a I had a somewhat tough weekend gambling between John Rahm was really just kind of more like the icing on top of the cake. Um, football was was pretty tough for the most that part. That wasn't your worst bet. Oh God, no, no. Uh, I don't know if, if I don't know much football you watch. You probably, it didn't sound like you watched much football this weekend, uh, but the Chargers game. I had the Chargers. Uh, I think it was minus three. They got royally screwed several times. Like multiple. I woke up last night with like flashes of yellow flag graphics going like in a sweat. I was. It was terrible. I all I could think about was flags. And then uh, I had Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. They were up eleven. That seemed like that one. People were talking way too much about the Ravens winning and not enough about the Chiefs losing that game. So then I ca- I I cashed that ticket when they were. I had Kansas City too, and they were up eleven. And I was like, I don't I don't feel confident in this at all. So I cashed a twenty dollar ticket for twenty five dollars. Holy hell! How how'd you manage to? I I I do not have that intuition to to uh to do that so uh well i did watch i was just uh, saying that i thought baltimore was playing well they spotted them seven points like right out of the gate so after that the game was pretty even i thought and i just didn't feel like i didn't think kansas city was going to lose i just didn't think minus three and a half which is the number that i got was going to be safe so i was like man i'm getting out of this i'm happy with where i am obviously that ended up being uh uh, a really good choice. I just didn't. I to for Kansas City to to score zero points in the fourth quarters. Obviously, pretty unheard of. I know they had a couple that pick that Patrick threw, and then that fumble were both pretty ill advised. But so, anyways, I was I was chasing pretty bad last night during Monday Night Football. I was chasing. I was chasing really bad, actually. So responsibly, I did a couple. Sounds of, like it. A couple of uh, like the parlay pluses where you can put it like the in game together. So here were my my bets last night. Here was one of them was the total rushing yards for Aaron Jones over sixty eight and a half. Green Bay minus seven over forty three. Aaron Rodgers over two eighty five or two eighty three passing, and Aaron Jones to have two touchdowns. So Aaron Jones had two touchdowns like right away. Uh, over hit right away. Green Bay seemed like they were in cover minus seven right away. And at, at no point throughout this did and I... We're down 17-14 and a half. Let's be fair like, to the Lions. Yeah, the Lions well, played a great first half. Once, my, once the over hit, it looked like the Packers were going to I see. cover my... So I kind of like crossed, I like crossed that one yeah, off the you. list. Uh, the other two bets were the Green Bay Packers to win both halves. And the last one was, uh, which they didn't do. No, they did not do. No, they did not. Unfortunately, the last one was Green Bay money line over forty-four and a half. Jared Goff over one and a half touchdowns. Robert Tunyon over thirty and a half yards receiving, and 
Aaron Jones over 68 and a half yards. So I thought. The game's going on. I have Aaron Jones in both my fantasies, Peter. So and he's like he's destroying. He has so many points. So I never really think about how many yards he has at any at any point throughout this game. I just I just saw him with like thirty five to forty fantasy points on both of my teams, and I'm like, okay, he has to have a lot of yards. Yeah, he's on my team too, but he did not have a lot of yards. No, he didn't. And I don't know if you watched this game. But that last, that 283.5 over for, for Aaron Rodgers, the last possession of the game for the Packers, he threw one that he overthrew by about two yards. That was a 35-yard pass. He was about 29 yards short of it at this point. So he would that would have hit that over. I had never thought about the over for Aaron Jones. So I, that one lost because Aaron, because Aaron Rodgers didn't have his over for, for the passing the Green Bay is dead. This last five-leg parlay, Peter, I put it in at 8.15 based off a, a tweet from Rico Bosco, who's a Barstool guy. <laughs> his parlay had Aaron Jones over 68 and a half yards. So his parlay did not hit. I accidentally hit no. Aaron Jones under 68 and a half yards, hit a $25 parlay for plus 1,200. To finish off the weekend, <laughs> totally on accident. Like I, did, I meant to click Aaron Jones o- over sixty and a half yards. He ends up with sixty-seven yards. Peter, my luck. Anything that I may have moving forward is gone. I'm like, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a dead yeah. man walking. So that's my yeah, feel good. You used it all, but that is. I was. I mean, like the moment that that I realized that. That was the under because I really like like I said this whole time I didn't really think about Aaron Jones how many yards he had because of how many fantasy points it just didn't really register in my head and so to to see that and like to see just see me being a dummy actually paying off worked out pretty well so I'm I like I essentially broke even for the weekend after all that you told me you had like this great story about like I can't remember exactly what how you. A feel positioned good, a, it, but it was like, a feel good story. Feel good, this a, feel good story about sports gambling, and I'm like, oh wow, that's interesting. Maybe somebody won like a huge jackpot, and they helped out like somebody who was less fortunate, or they did something really interesting with the money, or like something it. good happened in someone's community. No, it's just you winning a parlay by accidentally betting something that you didn't intend to bet. Your your mind is almost too pure for this. Like, too pure. <laughs> you know what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> am, I, am I? Did I just get guilt-tripped into going to donate this money now? Is that what you're trying to do? Well, I think you probably should, yeah. Well... I'm not sure that you can afford a donation based on some of the other picks you've been making. That's very true. I, I'm essentially probably donating. I'm donating yeah. this weekend. <laughs> you need to be accepting <laughs> donations. Bets are the bets are even placed this weekend. So, um, all right. Well, on the heels of that really feel good story that you just told us, should we talk about the Ryder Cup? Yeah, let's... Uh, in Midwestern America, this is the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, after all. It's on the freaking Great Lake. Yeah. Known as Lake Michigan. The lake we all share. Very true. We, 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 in fact, do share the lake with you guys in Wisconsin. 
Michigan has all the good parts, though. That is, that is, it's yes. <laughs> no, actually, no, we're now we are going to get off topic. I think that Chicago is one of the uh, nicest cities. You might not think so, Peter, but my buddies were down there this weekend and they were sending pictures uh, from down on yeah. the water and it looks gorgeous. It's unlike Michigan. Of course, it's going to look good. There's nothing about it that's nice, though. <laughs> Aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just don't look too hard. No, I look out towards the water. Don't look back at the. I mean, and we have we have a good skyline. I mean, there's a lot of good things about Chicago. Doesn't sound like it. It's a great place to visit. <laughs> For like four days. Says the guy who lives there. Yeah. All right. What do you want to talk about with the Ryder Cup, Hunter? I uh, I. How are you feeling about that plus two hundred ticket? I I don't know. I feel I feel okay about it. I wish it was more. I think it should be more. And like the more I, I think those odds are, are too I mean, just like some we'll just I'll just rattle off some stats for you. Uh ten of the eleventh highest ranked players in the official world golf rankings are on the United States team. I there's just there are some stats that like that doesn't really Rory is twelfth in the official world golf ranking. No, 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 uh uh-uh. uh. No, Victor Hovland is higher ranked than Roy McIlroy. Uh, I was just looking at this. Well, that's odd. So Victor Hovland is ranked uh, number 14, and Roy McIlroy is ranked number 15. Who's number 10? Didn't you just say that 10 of the ten of the top 11? So who's number 12? Abraham Answer. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, you've, you've, <laughs> I did some good stuff. There's no, the rest of the world ceases to exist for the next six days. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other continents than North America and Europe. I, uh, I, I mean, I do think, I think one thing that like worth it is they have six of the seven best over the last three months in terms of stroke gains. They have three of the four longest players. Who's they? Uh, the United States team. So this is this is all pro United this States. W- otherwise known as we. Yeah, I'm not sure why it says they. It, I'm just, I'm <laughs> well, you are it. your own person. You can just say we. Are you a we? Are you who a are we? you? Who's who are you aligned with here? Are you aligned with your betting? Or are you going to actually cheer for the red, white, and blue at a golf course you played this year? I'm gonna I'm gonna root for a good Ryder Cup. Oh my gosh, you're sick! I think I put I put a uh, a little a small enough amount of money on it that if I could I can be I could root for the United States very easily. Right, I need them to show your, continue yeah. with your statistics. So the United States of America have six of the seven best over the last three months in terms of stroke gained. Uh, the United States of America has three of the four longest players, and the United States of America has f- the four best putters over the last three months. It certainly seems like the odds are stacked very, very heavily against uh, the United or the European team. Can we like relate this to any other sports where a team is 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 so much favored that like obviously Europeans can completely embrace the underdog role, 
in this situation a, a heck of a lot easier than the United States. Like what, what gets the United States out of bed? Is it, is it just as easy for them to get out of bed as it is for the Europeans team, the European team, given the, the circumstance? No, that- we've ta- no, no, I, I'm with you. We've talked about this a million times. I mean, they, the Europeans have momentum when they go to the first tee because they are the underdog and there's built in momentum to being the underdog. Like you have a chip, you have a certain energy when you're the favorite, you know, you have to be, it takes a little more to get yourself some momentum. You need, you know, somebody has to tick you off or, you know, something usually happens along the way to get you, you know, re-inspired if you will. So I definitely think that we being the favorite is a psychological disadvantage. I just hope that our statistical advantage outweighs that disadvantage. And I'm showing similar strokes. I don't know where you got your strokes gain numbers, but I guess Kyle, yeah, it's Kyle like Porter. if I look at strokes gain total on fantasy national for the last 24 rounds, can't lay Bryson, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, DJ are the top. What's that? Five. Yeah. Uh, that's only one euro. And then there's more euros after that, though. Poulter, Finau, Mavri, Ben Shockley. Could potentially have the world's worst internet. And I'm not sure there's a close second. Well, that's always fun. It's like even the internet is telling me to shut up. I wouldn't take it like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't really remember where you were. You were reading. Well, off- I remember rambling to the extent that I don't remember where I was. You were reading off some. You were discussing some fantasy national uh, last thirty round stats or last twenty four round stats. Yeah, yeah. It's would- just talking about the given the strokes gain data. I do think, like, first of all, it's golf. Anybody can beat anybody on any given day, and. Cantlay's first on this list, his first Ryder Cup. So, I mean, yeah, I'm glad he's playing well. But Bryson is the next one. We know that he has a ton of baggage and apparently has calluses all over his hands. And did anybody even brief, getting an off course moment, did the drive, did the long drive thing happen? Oh, it's next week. It's coming up. It's after the Ryder Cup? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, stay tuned for that as well. Justin Thomas should be a horse for us, I would think. And then once you get past that sort of like three-player advantage, it's much more even the rest of the way. So Uh, I think it's just, yeah, I mean, back to my original point, I do think we have an advantage player type form and just a little bit have more depth than – than the euros so i just hope that the psychological disadvantage of being the favorite is overcome by the physical advantage on the golf course and i really hope that we're clever in the way that we then clever is not the right word because we just need to be really straightforward in the setup of the golf course put the pins in the middle of the greens uh put the tees all the way back and just play it long and straight. 
Yeah, and that's, that seems to, I don't know if you, how much of the these videos you've seen pop up, but that sure seems like what they have, uh, what they have done. Some of that rough looks, uh, very benign for the most part. I know you can, you can hit it way off course and, and be in that Heather, but for the most part, the, the intermediate rough is not, uh, or I guess the primary rough is, is nothing to write home about as far as length goes. Yeah. And the fairways are generous to begin with. Yeah, exactly. So you, you, even more, uh, to your point where you, you mentioned, uh, anybody can be anybody The since 2004, uh, performance by players ranked inside the official golf world rankings at the Ryder Cup. The USA has only won 36% of those matches by players. In the top 10. Correct. And they've tied 48% of them. This stat's pretty relevant for the European team because they only have one player in the top 10, but they have won 51% of those matches and 64% of them have been tied. So I, I think it's uh, that is more of a testament to... What do you? Sh- I know people can't see this at home, but Peter just—I said something that I didn't think was <laughs> very outlandish. He just looks at me and shakes his head. No, like, how can fifty? How could they win fifty-one percent and tie sixty-four <laughs> percent? Well, you're not. I don't think you're. You're not. I don't think you're like seeing it the way you're supposed to see it. <laughs> so, I mean, you're not delivering it the way it's meant to be delivered. That's also a possibility. Is there a total of a hundred percent of matches? Uh, you can. There's three possible outcomes: you can win, you can lose, you can tie. They're all separate outcomes. You cannot win fifty-one percent of those hundred percent and tie sixty-four percent. If they're giving maximum effort, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll need to. I'll need to fact check the that. First step seems. First, first, I told you the second stat was irrelevant, so we just we just move on. <laughs> Hopefully, John Rom plays well. We, we need all four point five points out of him. Uh, uh, so give me give, give me this. Is what happens? This is our first ever afternoon episode. It's past four o'clock. Past four o'clock Eastern time. My brain usually about might get a little off the rails here for the ending because about four o'clock is my. Like snap of the fingers, we call it day sort of thing. Uh, give me your. Well, best. We haven't even talked about the fact that my nanny has hand, foot, and mouth disease. <laughs> I've uh, thankfully Mac has never had that's never spread through any of our babysit uh, any of our babysitting situations. Uh, Alex, my is, daughter is currently sedated and died down in the other room. Is is she have it or does she have it? No, yeah. no. Which how is that possible? How is that possible? They're together every day. I don't know. No, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It makes zero sense. Well, I mean, it's good. How long is that? I'm, like I said, Max never had it, but is that like a couple weeks sort of thing? Mm-hmm. She's off the whole week. It's very, it's not that bad of a, they call it a disease. It's like a virus, but I think it's viral. It might be bacterial. I thought it was thought it was I don't know. I don't know diddly about medicine or chemistry or anything, but I know that she can't work for the for the whole week. She have like bumps inside of her mouth. Is that what it is? Mouth, hands, feet, hand, foot, mouth disease. Nice. Literally. Yuck. Yeah. Well, 
now we got since we got that out of the way, give me uh, give me your your who do you think is going to be the the best <laughs> performer on the or on the U.S. team and the worst performer on the U.S. team? It was because I'm trying to illustrate that I'm tired. I'm pulling double duty. Understood. And we have to hurry up and get through this so I can rescue my daughter. Um, I thought you'd be rescuing your mother. Are you? Re- which one's being rescued? I don't know. A little bit of both. <laughs> um, best and worst performer, huh? Put me on the spot. Why don't you? I'm going to say the best performer for the American side is going to be Justin Thomas. Be careful on that limb. It might break. He has a good Ryder Cup record, doesn't he? Yeah, that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. That was sarcastic. That was true. Uh, you are tired. Oh my! Deadpan sarcasm. I think he was. Uh, he was three zero and one at uh, in Paris. I'm hardly. I know we're on Zoom, dude, but I just want to be clear. I'm hardly ever looking at your face. That look, that far off look in my eye, is the look I get when I'm scrolling Fantasy National, or otherwise doing a little bit of research here on the other window. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think is to be? The, who do you think is to play worth the worst for the U.S. team? Are we just going with the obvious answer, Bryson? No, it's definitely not going to be Bryson. I think Bryson will be fine. I'm worried about speed. Um, I'm worried about speed. I'm also worried about Brooks. Is Brooks hurt? Um, so that's a factor. I think Jordan ultimately will get up for this event. I'm going to say the worst performer for the United States side. How are we feeling about Colin Morikawa going into this thing? Uh, he's the he's the lowest. I'm pretty sure he is for sure the lowest ranked United States player as far as strokes gained putting over the last since, I'm pretty sure since, at least since the playoffs, he hasn't had a top Dude, 25. He's the lowest everything. He hasn't had a top 25 since the Olympics. He is... His ball wrong. striking, he looks... Even approach, that's his specialty, and he's still in the bottom half. You just wonder if he got burnt out a little bit. Or is he hurt? I have no idea. Could be. These are the numbers of a player who got hurt and has been playing through injury. So I don't know. that the, He's a bit of a question mark for me because there's no form there. Obviously, the potential is there. He's a great player, but again, this, this is his first go-around at this, so. I kind of spotlight those guys. With the, I'll tell you the guy that I'm – if you think Justin Thomas is really chalky, I'll tell you another guy who I think is going to be super successful this week is Daniel Berger on the American side. You think he plays more than three matches? Yeah. Four? I think he's probably, probably, he's probably going to get paired with Brooks, and they're going to be out there playing a lot. Yeah. Well, hopefully. I think that would be a really good pairing. Yeah, so do I. Do you, th- do you think uh, do you think Sky's is stuck with Bryson? I keep seeing that pairing. Bryson and Bryson and Scotty, and then Bryson and Shoffley are kind of the two that everyone's pointing to. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, who are you putting Bryson with then? Well, haven't we gone through this? <laughs> <laughs> that was seven days ago. I can't remember seven days ago. 
Well, I wouldn't put him with Scotty Scheffler. I mean, I don't understand that pairing. Well, what is the what's the why is that parent why is that a pairing? There's the last two guys like that the two guys who don't have natural partners elsewhere in the I don't know. I don't like that. I, I would I think if you're not gonna pair Berger with Brooks, either of those guys make sense for Scheffler. Because mm-hmm. I think they all play a similar game, and I don't mind pairing first timers together. What you don't know can't hurt you. You know, just put them out there and let them be totally <clears throat> united in in the fact that they're doing it for the first time. But I think there's kind of like an ignorance is bliss type of factor that can come through there. So in that sense, I think Burger with Scheffler would make it, you know, a lot of sense. They both hit a cut. They both are pretty long off the tee. They're good, you know, streaky putters. So, like, I I think that that could be a dynamic team. I get the Xander thing, but I I would rather see Bryson with a more premium player. I think somebody's going to have to be a grown-up on the team, and I I had mentioned DJ by name as being a possible fit for Bryson. (laughs) Who's going to be the grown-up on that team? DJ, obviously. <laughs> is, Xander, is Xander not mature enough for you? I feel like he's pretty even-keeled. No, Xander's fine. I mean, Xander, obviously, he can play with he can play with anyone. Um, but he might benefit from somebody who's, I don't know. I don't know these guys individually. It has a lot to do with your personality. Like how how do you do? Are you chatty on the golf course? Are you pretty isolated? Like if Xander is pretty isolated to himself, he's not chatty. He doesn't need like the friendliness of a team. Then I think that's fine. That's the person that you want to be with Bryson. And maybe that person's also Harry. Why well, can't it wasn't that that was that not the pairing? That was like the that was the, those were the pairs of forties at the uh, whatever tournament that was. What was that? The where Harry and Harry and Bryson both shot like forty one or forty two on the backside. In the, oh, in that's the final right. Group. I'm not sure. When and they were that. on the clock. Yeah, and they looked like they were getting very mad. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about I that. Do like, uh, I do like. I do. I think, forgot that Harry was on the list of cannot possibly be one of Bryson's partners. It's a it's a long list. I do like. Uh, I think Cantlay could be a really good partner for Scheffler. Those guys seem like they could they could go out there and. See now you're talking. Now you have like a like give me like a a dynamic team that's a like a strong favorite statistically in almost any match, and then you're gonna probably catch fire with some of your weaker teams. But go ahead and consolidate your strength. Yeah, I think we get too damn too damn political with these Ryder Cup. As far as I think there should be like there's no way these guys can't play. It's. I know it's only over three days and it's five rounds, but and whistling is a hard hard walk. But I'd like to see if I mean these guys when these guys are playing. If they win a match, they should be able to. And if they're the U.S. the U.S. team is all mid twenties, they should be able to go back out for the back nine. I, I hate to see like it seems like a lot of times we have guys that are that play well in the morning and then they essentially lose their momentum for the back nine because they put a different pairing out or so on and so forth. So. Like I think, like the Justin Jordan. I know you don't think 
Jordan might not play well, but if they do start out well, if you have the Cantley Shoffley pick playing well, I'd like to see them just keep playing together. And if that means that there's a couple of guys that only play like one or two matches, so be it. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. You get your chance in singles anyway. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I that, but I think it does go back to like playing whistling straights might be a little different than like like Hazelton Hazelton for example where it's maybe not as hard of a walk as like that Hazelton yeah yeah it's yeah it is a brutal walk you're right that is going to be a factor I just scrolled through and was thinking about the physical fitness of some of these guys but really almost everybody competing this week is in really good physical condition I think like Westwood he's one of the weaker players on the Euro side anyway so he's not going to play in every match he could potentially be affected by because of age. Um, I think that's pretty much it. The only other guy who might huff and puff a little bit out there would be Lowry, but um, he seems to, you know, he's, he didn't have tr- trouble getting around that Burkdale or whatever that was. That's super. That's really hilly. Also, and he won that golf tournament. So. Are we? Uh, are they? Are they allowing carts out there? I wonder. Like, how are how are captains getting from place to place? And that was one thing that I, I was thinking about at, while we were playing. Then I also thought about like last week at some point that we never saw a golf cart out there when we were. I'm sure. Yeah, they work hard. They work hard to make sure there's limited carts out there. It was not that long ago that they introduced carts on the Irish which is the other course that you play out of that clubhouse pro shop or whatever. Um, I think what they've done is they've created some paths and stuff between those holes, like kind of on those tiers, if you will, as you know, how that's golf course is built up in that fashion to make it like a pyramid or whatever. So it's like steps to make every feel hole feel like it's on the water. So I think they just carved out some essentially some two tracks there because they need just logistics wise they need for rules and and I'm sure it was that way when they played the PGA there in the past too is there's a handful of cards out there for the people who need them otherwise there there aren't very many but yeah I know that they have had to do a lot of work to the grounds and to the golf course to get ready for this because there aren't that many natural areas for spectators to congregate either no no there's not very few there's so, a ton like, of rolled ankles out there this weekend yeah yeah it's treacherous ground have you seen pictures of the property with the grandstands and stuff up yeah yeah it looks like the 3m open yeah yeah it's so red <laughs> or the rocket both which, which like is, the fourth you get to July on the PGA tour and everything is just so red. I'm gonna like time to test my history right now and I apologize if this is ignorant, but isn't Europe more red than America is? Dude, I thought when I looked at it, I'm like, this feels like kind of a Euro thing. I know I feel like you always see Europe wearing blue, but I always thought like red coats, like red sort of thing. I I don't know. It doesn't seem like they should be Maybe they could have mixed in a little blue or like some flags or just make the grandstands look American. Yeah, yeah, that. You would need be, to yeah. call me and consult me on something. This is annoying. I saw that and I'm like, why is everything red? Just can't catch a break. Damn it all! 
right? Yeah, I, I, if I, a, a closing note on the Ryder Cup, I'm not sure if anybody remembered the 2018 Ryder Cup. It was in the middle of the night, so I, I was I was up watching it. The broadcast was one of the, I still remember it to this day, how many commercials they played. So just buckle up. Ugh. Buckle up. Because you think about those those team matches, there's only four matches going. It's not much happening. They will run you down with commercials. Uh, they better for show the first every shot. They won't. Oh, God, no, they won't. Not even, no, what, are you, what are you, crazy? Absolutely not. They won't. I don't, and especially when it's when it's uh, when it's alternate shot, it's really only four balls in play on the whole golf course. Oh, you're gonna get so many commercials. You're gonna be pulling your hair out. Something to look forward to for all of our listeners at home. I'm sure he's gonna be on one next week. It starts on Friday. It does. Practice rounds start tomorrow. I assume. I, I don't know. I assume so. What do you think about our gear? The shirts and stuff we will be wearing. Have you seen it? No, I don't know. I'm sure it's not good. I heard I heard they're both bad, actually. Well, I saw some funny jokes on Twitter about, like, Feinberg was tweeting about JT and RLX finally reunited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it is it RLX? Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. But it looks like the Under Armour stuff that Jordan wears that everyone jokes about being you know, designed for like a 12 year old boy or whatever. Well, Under Armour is Under Armour golf is the worst apparel brand that golf has going. And, and I, I guess that we probably just lost any potential Under Armour sponsorships moving forward, but yeah. they, they can I, don't, I don't know that we were on deck for those. Well, made their decision easy now. All right. I don't, I've never, I've never worn one of their golf shirts. I have no intention of doing it, but I have also have no intention of, I bought a Solheim cup shirt, but it was like a T uh, I'm, I'll probably buy a Ryder Cup tee, maybe, or like a Whistling Straits thing, but I was not into the polos or the sweaters. Oh, is that the, uh, is that the Under Armour one? Is it no, a- it's it's RLX. Oh, I, I actually have. <clears throat> the official American Ryder Cup gear. Do you need me to put it, pull it up on my phone and show it to you? No, because I, I actually I still have a from, <clears throat> from official Ryder Cup gear from 2016. Um a Under Armour tee as well. It's it's a oh. t-shirt that I wear so often. It's very so their their golf apparel is not great, but their basic t-shirt not bad. Very comfortable. All right, let's uh let's move on to the local real quick. The local side. Is there anything else you want to mention about Ryder Cup? I just want it to be over. Yeah. Yeah. It's the build up has been too long and then <clears> the Fortnite feels like a false start now. So, I have more I have more gripes. Move the schedule. Why didn't Why didn't we just play the Ryder Cup? Is it because of the BMW PGA? Why can't we just play the Ryder Cup? Switch, switch them. Yeah. Um, play the Ryder Cup last week. Play the Fortnite this week. Right? Why we play a PGA Tour event, then stop the schedule for a week for Ryder Cup to then come back to regular tour events? might be a small thing but i'll just put it out there into the ether no it doesn't well if it, it doesn't seem like it's a small thing for you so I'll, I'll make it a big thing in my mind as well nothing has ever been a small thing for me hunter no it seems I mean, that's something that needs to be changed no doubt about it Somebody got, somebody's got to look into that that letter <laughs> that letter is getting pretty long you're writing you mean me 
or the schedule. Oh, I think you need to like write a uh, right uh, include it in one of your letters you're writing. Yeah, I'll put it on our Great Lakes Golf Podcast letterhead <clears throat> coming right up. Perfect. Okay, moving on. Moving on. We're we're, we're off the rails here. It seems for appears. That's uh, a. <laughs> So I will be so Jimmy guess, Dooling won a golf tournament. That's all I know, which is very exciting. Yeah, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Dooling, who is a uh, Michigan State alum from oh my, it's been it's been a long time now. It's been probably ten years, roughly. Uh, he is the head coach at Brighton, and him and Dan Ellis, and you might remember that name. Uh, Dan is the associate head coach of the MSU boys golf team. Uh, Dan and Jimmy played. Uh, college golf together and Dan was on James Piott's bag for the US Am. It was weird. This is this was the eighth the eighth annual GAM uh four ball championship. Kind of a weird format. There was a morning session, afternoon session. Jimmy and Dan shot sixty two eight hundred sixty two at the Country Club of Lansing to win the morning session as well as the overall session. Also in the morning session was uh, PJ Maybank, as well as his partner uh, Carter Hausler, who is a, a pretty good junior player down from the, who's also actually a, a member at the Country Club of Lansing. They shot 63 to finish second overall, as well as in the morning group, and then a couple other guys from Kalamazoo in the afternoon group, Nick Caraby and uh, Jack Versaw, shot 64 to finish first place in the afternoon. Wave and then uh, Dav Lusvik of West uh, West Bloomfield and Anthony Sorrentino of uh, Rochester Hills shot 65 to finish second in the afternoon wave and that would put them fourth overall for the eighth annual GAM four ball. So congratulations to uh, to Jimmy and Dan. I know I know Peter knows Jimmy, so it's exciting to see to see him play well. He had a really good junior career and. I know we played some with your brother growing up. Mm-hmm. Love Jimmy. Family friend. Way to go, dude. So this this happened on uh, just on Monday of this past week, and the two days prior to that was the Michigan, the GAM Michigan Junior Invitational. So that had uh, four total flights, uh, 15 above for both boys and girls, and then 15 under for both boys and girls. Uh, PJ as well as Carter both played in that event. PJ didn't play his best, shot uh, 74-73, 147 to finish T7th. Lorenzo Panilli, who we've, we've mentioned a couple times on this uh, on the show, shot minus one, 70-73, 143. This was down at uh, Forest Acres West. I do have to mention on the girls' side, we, we have talked about uh, her in the past. It is... Uh, Katie Timpf, she is still 14 years old, and she is playing in the 15 above division. She just won the uh, she won the girls division with a score of 77 on the first day. Was struggling a little bit, turned around with a 71 on the second day. So I, I expect uh, Miss Timpf to have a a very bright future moving forward. That's awesome. And I, I have here it's pretty our... impressive being younger than it starting age of the age division and still winning yeah no uh that, that may that uh that marks her third gam championship of the summer as well so she's uh she's pretty darn good at golf 
I have here in the notes that we we dipped our toe into college golf, so might as well just jump in. Michigan and Michigan boys and MSU boys are both off until the September 25th and 26th for Michigan and 27th, 28th for Michigan State. Michigan State is down at Illinois, and Michigan's over at Invite at Yale. I do have to mention, and then the fancy, yeah, very fancy. I, heaven forbid that these these colleges just played Big Ten conference tournaments, so it'd be easier to follow. <laughs> that that would be a real shame. It is so hard. To keep <laughs> like the fact, so and I'll get to this uh, coming up here. The Michigan girls had their invite uh, last week, and the Michigan State girls weren't there. So like things like that just have make no sense to me. Like why this was a. 20, 20 team event and the team that's 40 miles away is is not included. It doesn't, I can't figure out how they do their scheduling. It's driving me nuts. But anyways, the Michigan girls team is an absolute wagon. They won their home event, shot 851. All five starters for Michigan finished in the top 20. They broke the course record score, course scoring record by 18 shots. Whoa. Which is uh, not too bad. It's um, almost five shots a score, isn't it? Yes, it is indeed. Yeah. Take, take four scores. Correct. Yeah, as far as as far as I know. So, uh, and it's they, not very much. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> what are you What are you laughing about now? <laughs> you said as far as you know. I said which is not very much. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even get the Which is not very far. No, it's it's true. I I, mean, I, I am not. I I was not uh, super read up on on Michigan girls team no. prior prior to this morning, but they won. No, or how they score collegiate events. More to the point. Oh yes, no, I know nothing in regards to the. I it's always been four scores. So I guess I know my educated guess would say it's been four. Or it will be would be four. I feel like you should know, hey buddy. Why don't you know? I think it is four. Well, how, so we, how about you just do, how about you just do this? I don't what's know, okay, what's, what's uh, eight fifty one divided by eight? A hundred and I don't know four, five, six. This is the part where you tell me I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out uh, times by. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you keep doing that. I'm messing around on that. I'm finding value on the Ryder Cup board oh, well, while you're good. over there wasting time. Well, you had you had to bring up the – I'm not uh, – I always thought it was four. We're just going to say it's four. If it's not four, you would, you'll put in the corrections. We're sorry. Yes, we are We're sorry. We're sorry. Uh, so they, they actually won the event by 12, 12 shots over uh, runner-up West – runner-up Virginia, rather, at 863. Michaela Schultz – Schultz of Michigan – Shot a career low 210 to finish co-medalist with Iowa State's uh, Linnea Duris, Dursik. So uh, congratulations to the to the Michigan women's team. And then for the uh, for, go blue. Yes, go blue. For the for the go for the go green, go white team, the Spartans. Blue. I just said go I just said go blue and you can't just follow along and say go green for one for one. Go month. green, go white. Yep, this is the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. We gotta be Go green. Bias. Thank you. Go the, green. Uh, the Spartans shot 12 over par, 300 in in uh, a in Tuesday's final round of a, a Monday Tuesday 
tournament uh, this past week, uh, as in six, seven days ago, to finish 12th place. They, uh, the leading MSU golfer for the lace was uh, Valentina Rossi, who shot a one over par, 217, 72, 69, 76, finished 29th place. So it looks like the, the MSU girls have a little bit of work to do compared to the uh, compared to the Michigan girls, but that it does look like out of that 17-team field for the Michigan State girls, 11 of those teams made the NCAA regionals last year. So it was a strong field. And outside of that... Peter, I don't have uh, I don't have much else from the from the local standpoint. Um, oh, that was very good, Hunter. That was thorough. I found a couple Ryder Cup bets. Do you want to hear about them? Yeah, yeah, give them to me. Have you looked? Do you have a gambling strategy for this beyond your plus two hundred? Are you going to bet matches as the week goes along? Once the pairings come out and stuff like that. What's that? <laughs> You said something about pairings, come, pairings coming out. I just looked and I saw that you can bet on the top point score by team. Okay. Have you thought about that? Who is who that? Why you score? were asking me who I thought the top point getter was going to be? Because now that there's gambling involved, I'm a little more locked in. Yeah, it didn't seem like you were too interested in those questions prior, but now I'm glad we got you got you involved. Uh, you should have told me that there was money at stake. So I see that Justin Thomas is the favorite to be the top point scorer for the United States side. So, yeah, I mean, which which makes sense. Which means I was right. However, I'm not going to bet on that at eight to one. Obviously, there does appear to be some value on Daniel Berger, who I mentioned. I really like this week. Of course, I really liked him a bunch of other times too. <laughs> it hasn't worked out, but he has the longest odds of anybody on the American side to lead the team in points. Now I know he's, you know, the number of points that you score is, is dependent upon how many matches you actually get to play. But I would not be surprised. Can you tell me if I'm, am I wrong about this? So Am I totally out of whack with the whole Daniel Berger thing and thinking that he's going to be paired up with a, a premium player? Probably. Are we able? Are we going to be able to see? This might have been what you said that I didn't listen to, but are we going to be able to see the pairings prior, the first set of pairings prior to this bet being closed? Does it have a time? No, next? I don't think so. Okay, I, I, I figured. Or, or the odds are just, they're just going to change the odds. So I don't. I don't. The only reason I don't like Berger is I don't think he's going to play the first day. I don't think he's going to play the first match of the first day. So he's already like he's already won in the hole compared to the the probably the handful. I'm guessing three to four guys that play four to five matches. So I just I'm a little I just don't know I mean, if he does play that first match and he gets he has the same chance as Justin or whoever else is is going to play the most matches. Then I could see it, but I'm just a little nervous he's not going to play that first match. All right, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. How many matches do you think Ian Poulter is going to play? Two. Three, maybe. Why do you say that? I mean, I, I think I, I think obviously there was a time when Ian Poulter was, was extremely uh, important for the, for the Ryder, for the Europeans, but uh, the last two or three Ryder Cups, he's two, two, three, and two in his matches. He has been phenomenal in singles, but... 
I, I think we're we are we're living in a little bit too much of a past with Ian Poulter. Um, but if you look at the look at this, hang on a second, I understand what you're saying, but look at this. These are the strokes gained total. He's he's right in the middle. He's it goes Hobland, Rom, Lowry, Rory, Poulter. Yeah, that's total. If you modify that to putting, yeah, I still don't think he's gonna play more than three. I mean, he's he's gonna yeah. Play. So that's why these odds are what they are. He, his odds are, are the same as Burgers. And interestingly, he's twelve to one to lead his team, but thirty to one to lead all scores and points. What's Tommy Fleetwood? So, Tommy Fleetwood. Is, I think there, I think there's value in that, but three zero and one at pair in Paris. And I, and and forgive me, I'm not I'm not entirely. Sh- I I maybe I have a feeling Tommy's form was better coming into the 2018 Ryder Cup than it is coming into this Ryder Cup, but that uh, I don't think we should overlook that that record that Tommy had um, at the last Ryder Cup. I think he can. I think he's one of those guys that can gild the momentum. He can get up for anything. So if top I, point score, who'd you ask me about? Tommy Fleetwood, sixteen to one. Is that middle of the pack? Mm-hmm. It goes Rom and Tom. None of these are really good value. Rom and Thomas eight to one. Spieth and Xander nine to one. Why? It's because they're really popular. The public, I think. Cantlay, DJ, Rory ten to one. Bryson, Hovland twelve to one. Casey, Kapka, Morikawa, Sergio fourteen to one. Fleetwood Finau sixteen to one. Top point score on the Euro side. Fleetwood's plus nine hundred. So maybe there's a little bit of value there. I don't mind Shane Lowry being the top. This should be a good golf course for Shane Lowry, and he's plus nine hundred to lead the Euros in points. They're gonna have to play him. So maybe that's more value and this Sergio's plus 800 and he lead them and he's never lost has he ever lost a Ryder Cup match uh no but I will give you a little a little no he's like I wish I knew off the top of my head uh 25 like 24 12 and three or something like that is what Sergio is so he is I mean he has a very, very high winning percentage but what is a little tri- a trivia for you today Peter what is um Tiger Woods Ryder Cup record in so bad. Thirty-three matches. It's so bad. He's played thirty-three matches. He can't have won more than eleven of them. Close. So I'm going to say he's probably like I'm going to guess he's. Which one's the losses? The middle column. Eleven. No, it's the last, thir- one. last one. So he's eleven. I'm going to say he's eleven, thirteen, and nine. Uh, he is 13, 17, and three. So, three halves. That's it. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm so tired. I think that is like that should be the closing. My closing. That is my closing statement for why I picked the Europeans. You have the, the clearly the best golfer. He showed up as the best golfer at every single one of these Ryder Cups that he played in, and he finished with a record of 13, 17, and three. So I'm so sick of these stroke gained. All this. It doesn't. It. They're out the window. They're out. The, they're out the window. That is like all the proof you should need is just seeing what Tiger Woods, the, without a doubt, unequivocally the best golfer every time he showed up, to have that record 
at the Ryder Cup should stand for something. Well, I guess in that case, we'll leave it at that. See you guys. Go Europe. (laughs) (laughs) USA. Yeah. (laughs) 